Greetings and welcome to the Christopher Anastasio podcast. This is episode 81. It's Saturday, January 28th, 2023. And welcome back, guys. Um, Finally got my first episode going here in 2023. Uh, Had published something kind of looking ahead to this year uh, back in mid-December. You know, just kind of wrapping up the year, looking ahead to 2023, some of my priorities, some of the things that I'm kind of focused on, things like that. Um, and so, uh, here I am finally getting around to it, um, return from some travel, uh, a little bit jet lagged. So I might show up in the, uh, cadence of this, of this podcast and maybe even the, the mood and tonality of it as well. Uh, I have to be very honest. This is, this is probably going to come off more as just a wild rant, uh, than any kind of structured podcast. Uh, but that's not to say that that hasn't happened on this uh, channel before. Um, been prone to that a few other times. But uh, and, and I will also point out, uh, noise enhancement or not, uh, that I am doing this while operating a motor vehicle. So that, that kind of plays into concentration factor a little bit as well. But, uh, but anyway, thank you for joining me, guys. Thank you for checking back in on the podcast here in 2023. Uh, definitely excited to uh, publish uh, as much as humanly possible this year. So that's kind of a big deal to me. So um, just have to uh, forgive me as I um, administer the coffee drug as I'm also operating the motor vehicle. So uh, so let's just kind of dive right in, guys. Um, the, um, the topic for today is the debt ceiling. Um, and without the benefit of being able to scroll through all the other 80 episodes that I've done um, on, the pod, on this podcast, uh, I don't think I've ever created an episode about the United States debt ceiling. I don't think it's something I ever, you know, had the occasion to, to, to totally concentrate on because I think it's only now that it's, it's become a forefront issue. I, I, I think that the U.S., last flirted with the debt ceiling uh, either before I started the podcast in May 2020 or maybe it was along the way and I was in more of a production lull because I just don't remember making an entire episode about it. But if I did, I don't see any issue with returning to the topic because it's something that this country returns to the topic of every, you know, year or so, it seems, um, you know, every couple years depending on how much debt ceiling limit has been established uh, each time, uh, each time we, we come close to breaching it. So, so let me just step back for a second and, and talk about the general, you know, the general um, subject here a little bit of the debt ceiling. Um, the debt ceiling is something that... Um, the United States has had as, uh, you know, a supposed mechanism to check the amount of money that it can borrow, uh, because that's all we do is 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 finance things in in the uh, in the federal budget with uh, borrowed money, um, and and so the debt ceiling has existed to attempt to put some sort of cap on that. Uh, to, to basically say like, okay, we know we have to borrow money, but this is, this is the most money we can borrow. And 
Of course, you know, that number now ranges into the 13-figure, if I have my numbers correct, uh, 13 figures is tens of trillions of dollars. Of course, the national debt is somewhere between 31 and 32 trillion dollars. So, um, you know, so, so, so that, that, that ceiling, that cap, uh, was, was presumably placed there to make sure that we don't borrow to infinity, right? To, to basically say like, okay, we're not allowed, uh, to borrow forever. We, we, we can't just keep on borrowing and borrowing and borrowing. The debt ceiling becomes like the national conscience for saying, oh wait, uh, we have now once again, breach the limit that we can borrow and what are we going to do about it and and so that's what the law and i'm pretty sure it's a federal law uh it's not some kind of executive directive or anything like that i think it's a law that congress has to change every time and i forgive you know or forgive me for not having the exact technical detail in place on that point or, or the name of that law but i'm pretty sure it's a law it's on the books and Congress has to revisit it uh, every time we approach and then reach the debt ceiling. So this is sort of like a yearly or biannually or whatever you want to call it, one to two year debate that comes up uh, because every time we've raised it, we don't raise it far enough to create that much breathing room. I mean, we create just enough breathing room uh, to, to, to have the debate on a fairly frequent basis, right? <laughs> and, and to and to have to come back to this issue over and over and over and over again, uh, because like I said, all we do is borrow, all we do is finance uh, uh, our spending uh, through through deficits and 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 accrual of debt, and so we just can't escape this. We just can't get around it. So. So, so basically, over the last few weeks, as this issue was really kind of bubbling up to the forefront, uh, you know, I obviously didn't take the time to do a podcast episode about it, but I was posting on other platforms about this subject, uh, and I was putting out some other types of content about it. And I basically, you know, to, to, to capture the gist of that, I was basically saying the following. And again, it was very sarcastic, and, you know, this is just the way I've, you know, had to personally deal with the hypocrisy of this issue, the lunacy of this issue is to kind of be sarcastic about it. That's that's a healing property uh, for me. So so basically, the way I phrase this is almost a conversationally. If you were to let's say talk to your elected representative or representatives about this subject, it might go something like this: You know, Mr. and Mrs. Congressman or woman, why do we have a debt ceiling? Well, Mr. X or Mrs. X, we have a debt ceiling to make sure we don't borrow and spend too much. Okay, so why do we keep raising the debt ceiling, Mr. or Mrs. Congressman or woman? Well, Mr. or Mrs. X, we keep raising it so we can keep borrowing and spending. <laughs> so, so basically, the very purpose of the law... I mean, this is, this is the irony of it. And this is, this is actually strangely and kind of hilariously, um, you know, uh, uh, you know, uh, almost like a real time revelation of the, uh, intense degree of, uh, 
hypocrisy or irony, if you will, in congressional laws. And that is that um, they often accomplish the opposite of what they were passed to do, right? So, you know, like a lot of people will say, like, the Patriot Act was a very unpatriotic law, or the Paperwork Reduction Act created more paperwork than ever. You know, I mean, you hear this a lot, and I don't, and I don't know if it's universally true, but you could definitely make an argument that it's, that it's pretty true, that it holds up fairly well under scrutiny. So the funny thing about this debt ceiling law is that it becomes like a very self-revealing irony of Congress that its, it's very purpose, its stated purpose in its title accomplishes the opposite, right? So the title of it being, hey, we have, you know, a debt ceiling to limit borrowing and spending becomes we need to keep borrowing and spending. Or certainly it becomes a gateway to more borrowing and spending because it's the law that has to be changed every time that we go to do that. So that that's what I was trying to capture, I think, in that content that I put out there uh, was that you just have this 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 looping, you know, argument that goes back and forth between both political parties, depending on who's in power and who's, you know, the minority party that's kind of squeezing the other party. And it's like they just do this same dance every single go round and they just switch positions. So the party that is, you know, in the majority, you know, let's say has the presidency and maybe has one of the houses of Congress or even if they have both houses of Congress, you know, they, they're the ones saying, hey, we need to raise the debt ceiling because if we don't, there's financial Armageddon to be reaped and we shouldn't play politics with this. We just need to raise it. We just need to shut up and raise it. And then the other party, the minority party, whether they have any branch of government under their control or not, uh, or if they're just being a pest uh, by not having one under their control, uh, they, 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 they come out with, you know, the declaration that, hey, you know, we can't, we can't keep on spending like that. You know, suddenly that party cares deeply about how much the country is spending. And, and it's, what, what's amazing about it, guys, I think, I think the really, really amazing thing to me about it is of all of the political facades, of all of the political two steps that go on, uh, in this great capital of this great nation of ours, this one takes the cake, in my opinion, with its cynicism and its revelation of party politics, simply depending on which position that party is in, right? So, like, for example, when Republicans had Trump in office and he was just, you know, printing money hand over fist for, like, the pandemic period and all that, you know, that spending was good. But... You know, as soon as Republicans are in the weaker position with Biden as president, now they care about spending. But let me tell you, as soon as a Republican gets elected in 2024, assuming they do, they will not care about spending again. Right. They will switch positions. And now they will be in a situation where they 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 all they want to do is spend and all they you know, or, you know, or all they end up uh, 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 actually doing, no matter what they say no matter what they say, is to actually spend and borrow lots of money, right? So it just kind of depends on which position you occupy, uh, whether you're your majority or minority party, whether you have the presidency or not, 
you know, some combination thereof. And that determines your position on spending, right? So right now, the position is that the, the Republicans who only own the House, right, not the presidency or the Senate, they care deeply about spending all of a sudden. And so that caring about spending turns the, the, the debt ceiling into a political football. And that political football becomes the basis of this, you know, debate that's going on right now about what to do about the debt ceiling, right? And again, trust me, if, if Republicans take over uh, Congress um, in, in, I mean, excuse me, if they take over the presidency in 2024, uh, this is not going to be the case anymore. They're going to switch positions and they're going to want to spend money on their priorities and the Democrats will be doing everything they can to foil uh, their efforts, right? <laughs> so so this is, this, is, this is what we have to endure every one to two years. And like I said, of all the political things that happen between these two parties, it's strange that this one happens to be the one that kind of like, you know, takes the, you know, the, uh, the silk hat off the pig and reveals that all that anybody really cares about is positioning themselves politically, um, you, you know, over the other party. There's, there's, there's no genuine care or concern over deficits or debt or how much we're spending or how much we're borrowing. It just absolutely has nothing to do with that. Okay, and, and any party that says otherwise is completely disingenuous. And by the way, that happens to be both of them every couple years. Okay, every couple years, one of these two parties, or I, I should say both of them, is being disingenuous about their present position, right? And then, and then in a year or two, they will switch positions and care about the opposite uh, of those two positions. So... Uh, for example, I, I'd seen an article that the uh, the lady, I forget her name off the top of my head, who's like the White House spokesperson, you know, comes out and does the briefings with the press, you know, had said something about this. Um, had said something about, you know, we can't play politics with this. This can't become a political football. And I mean, I saw that and I just laughed, you know, I just, I was just like, are you guys kidding me? Like, this was this is a political football for Democrats when we had our last Republican administration, that being Donald Trump, and Democrats, you know, didn't want to raise the debt ceiling, didn't want to just rubber stamp it, uh, just like the Republicans didn't want to rubber stamp it for Obama, just like the Democrats didn't want to rubber stamp it for Bush, and it just goes on and on and on. And I mean, I think it's just like. It's such a tight cycle that this happens on. This isn't like something that happens over a multi-year period or a many-year period. Uh, it happens so frequently, you know, I guess in D.C. years, uh, that you would think it was, it was like highly detectable. Like you would just think like, okay, like everybody can see this hypocrisy, right? Everybody can see that these parties are just switching positions very quickly on this issue. But alas, it doesn't turn out that way. You, you, you know, it just somehow seems to escape everybody. And, it's, and, you know, and, and it still comes across like the party that's concerned about raising the debt ceiling uh, limit is actually really concerned about that. You know what I mean? And it just, it, it just becomes so ludicrous. Uh, and, and we all know what's going to happen in the end. Like in the end, the U.S. is going to raise the debt ceiling. 
you know, it's, uh, it's not actually going to default on its debts. It's going to, you know, basically like, again, uh, not as versed on the exact technicalities, but basically it's a situation where once we reach the borrowing limit, so once we like hit that debt ceiling, there's, there's some other thing we do to pay the bills for a certain amount of time. Like we can get away with it for a little while and then, uh, and then, and then all of a sudden, you know, then we, then we really, then the shit hits the fan and, and then we go into a default situation where we're, we're defaulting, uh, on our, on our, uh, on our debts because since we're not borrowing anymore, you know, we're borrowing money just to pay the interest. So then like, we can't even pay the interest. So now we're defaulting and now we run the risk of having like our credit rating downgraded, which actually I think happened to us in 20, taking a kind of a wild guess here, guys, I think in 2011 or 2012, when that, when uh, Republicans were being really nasty with president Obama, I think that, I think we got like downgraded by like a, like, like from triple A to double A or something like that. Like the United States credit rating as a country was downgraded once before. And I think it was within the last decade or so. Uh, and, you know, like all of the, you know, all of the, the clarion calls that, you know, like it was going to be like complete financial Armageddon and we were going to completely melt down financially and, you know, all the financial markets in the world were going to implode, you know, turned out to be the very, you know, empty, baseless rhetoric that, you know, anybody with half a brain can detect, uh, you know, up front. But but when it actually got proven out, when the U.S. actually did get downgraded uh, borrowing-wise, credit rating-wise, uh, n- you know, none of those things happened. You know, none of it happened. So I think, you know, that's kind of the amazing thing about this, guys, is like how this propaganda machine kind of kicks in every single time, uh, you know, to say the same things. It's almost like, it, it, you know, it'd be really fascinating, guys. I'm, I'm almost like surprised I haven't done this research myself. But if you took every single, like, moment in time that the debt ceiling became an issue or was an issue, right? And you took all the statements that, like, both parties made, like the president and the Speaker of the House and the Senate Majority Leader. Like, if you took all their statements, right, and you sort of jumbled them together, right, and you said, okay, here's what everybody said about the debt ceiling each time that the debt ceiling came up. The quotes would all be like eerily similar, if not nearly identical. And then you would just see like the people saying those things just switch positions each time. You know what I mean? Like, like it was just the people who said those things switching out every time. But like, you know, Senate Majority Leader McConnell you know, said the same thing that Senate Majority Leader Schumer said, you know, and House Majority Leader McCarthy said the same thing that House Majority Leader Pelosi said. And it's almost like they're using each other's script, right? They're, 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 they're both using the exact same talking points. And, and it's as if they like exchange them in the halls of Congress. Oh, you guys are the ones trying to raise the debt ceiling. OK, here's your script. And then, and then I'll take your, you know, the script that you've had about not raising it, and we'll just switch positions, and we'll just switch who's debating it from which perspective, right? It literally has that level of disingenuousness. It's just so beyond the pale, you know? So I think that's really the amazing thing about it, guys, and I think, you know, like like I said, right now we're, like, in that zone of, like, we can pay, we can pay the bills, right? We can pay the bills, but we are, 
but but we but we are not we're not able to borrow the way we normally do at present. Like I think we've reached that stage, and 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 you know the brinksmanship is is still going on. You know we're we're still going back and forth about this, and still kind of you know trying to figure out what exactly is going to happen next, and you know who's going to extract which political favors from whom, and and all that that dance that's going to end up with the exact same result, uh, which is going to be that the debt ceiling is going to be raised and we're going to borrow and spend up to that limit. Okay. I mean, we all know how this ends, right? You know, that's the point I was making before. We are not going to default on our debt. We are not going to stop borrowing. We are not going to cut spending. We are not going to shrink the national debt. The national debt will grow forever until it can, you know, until, until the very weight of it, you know, collapses you know, collapses everything. And then at that point, you know, it'll be a whole new ball game and God knows what that'll really look like. Um, but that's a whole other story. That's a whole other podcast. The point is that right now for the foreseeable future, there is going to be a raising of the debt ceiling. It is absolutely going to be increased and we absolutely are going to keep borrowing and we absolutely are going to keep spending. It's just, it's just all the little details have to get worked out between the two parties and all the little details have to be worked out as far as who's extracting political concessions from whom. And that's it. I mean, that's, that's all that's left to do uh, right now when it comes to the debt ceiling. So um, I, I think guys that, you know, I guess I want to wrap it up with uh, what does this really mean to us as, as sort of like average Americans, I guess you would say, like, what is, what does this all kind of boil down to? Like, why do you, why should you even care about this? Right. Why should why should this be of any interest to you? And I think the thing is, like, I actually see a lot of back and forth more than I than I think I expected to see uh, when I first learned about this issue. I first learned about what it really meant that we were borrowing so much money and we were, you know, you know, trillions and trillions of dollars in debt. I thought this was like kind of like a fundamentally understood thing that we borrow all this money. We have to pay interest on it. Right. And the interest has to be paid somehow, right? So, so it's like we have to borrow more money to pay the interest, uh, at least to some extent. And then the income tax that's collected, the federal income tax that's collected, as I understand it, and, and I have consulted official government resources to verify this, like the Treasury website, for example, that the income tax that the federal government collects, while it does serve various functions, one of those functions is to pay down you know, presumably pay down, even though it never seems to really go down, um, the interest on the federal debt. And so I'm like, okay, so the government itself is telling us, it was a rare instance of transparency, right, where it's, where it's actually telling us, like, hey, guys, we collect federal income tax so we can pay the interest on the debt that we create when we make money out of thin air, right? So, like, so again, like, picture this process, like, as a flow chart, Right. Like the government issues treasury bonds or IOUs. So it borrows money that it spends on various national priorities. And then the interest comes due on it. So where does it get the interest from? From us. It taxes us, collects those taxes and then pays the interest. Right. On the on the money that it created out of thin air by issuing IOUs, i.e. treasury bonds. Right. Like I thought this was like fairly straightforward. Right. And fairly understood if for no other reason than the government advertises this fact on its own website, like on its own, on its own official <laughs> websites, such as treasury.gov, uh, where it flat out says this, 
But what's interesting is as I've posted about it and as I've commented online about it, uh, it turns out that there's a lot of people who kind of come after me and, and talk about the fact. And it's not just me. I mean, they come after basically anybody who says this. But they basically say, like, no, the debt doesn't represent how much money we owe. It just represents how many dollars are in existence or there's nothing bad about the national debt. It can't do us any harm. We owe it back to ourselves. And, and, and all these sort of like tropes that kind of get, get, get sort of like, like parroted back about why the debt's not important, why the debt doesn't matter, why we shouldn't worry about the debt, why we can print money to infinity. You know, these individuals, whenever I've challenged them, they can't seem to answer the question of, well, why don't we just print like a quadrillion dollars a day and just solve every problem we have financially? Like, why not, why not print a quadrillion dollars today, solve world peace, you know, print a quadrillion dollars tomorrow, solve world hunger, print a quadrillion dollars the next day and send everybody a check for $10 million. Like, like, why don't we just print, you know, a quadrillion a day and just fix everything financially? Like, why can't we do that? You know what I mean? And they can't answer that question. Like, nobody will answer that question. So for some reason, there is a limit to how much we borrow, right? I mean, otherwise, would Congress be having this debate? Like, wouldn't, why, wouldn't, why would they be debating a debt ceiling? Like, if the debt doesn't matter, if the debt doesn't mean anything, why do we debate raising the limit on it? Why do we debate anything surrounding this issue? Like, like, why is this even a topic of interest to politicians who don't really care about this issue? They just care about political positioning, right? So, like, why would it even be a matter of, of uh, import if some of these individuals I've referred to uh, are correct that the debt is meaningless and it doesn't really represent anything bad. So I, I really, like, I scratch my head over that. You know, and I even, like, I, I mean, I'll be honest with you guys. Like, I even wonder, okay, maybe I'm wrong. Like, maybe, maybe it doesn't matter. Maybe, maybe everything I've ever seen or read about the debt and the interest and the deficit and all that. Maybe it's all just like fear mongering. Maybe, maybe really like the U S just stumbled across the greatest invention ever, like a printing press for money that doesn't affect its financial well being. Like, like it can be, you know, it can be an in infinite degrees of debt and it means nothing. And it mean and it has no negative impact on the country uh, or it's economic health or, you know what I mean? Like maybe I'm just dead wrong about it. You know, it, it seems strange if that would be the case, not because I'm not capable of being wrong, but because <laughs> there's so many other things out there pointing to the fact that this is a problem. This is a big deal. I mean, even I mean, even trot out, you know, the usual suspects who comment on things like this, but do nothing really about it or don't really like stand up for it. Like a Warren Buffett, for example. I mean, he's a guy who has commented on on the uh, the, the dangers of the national debt. But, you know, it doesn't seem to really take up much issue with it on a day-to-day basis. He just happens to make a comment about it every once in a while. Uh, and, and, you know, they, they, these guys that come out and they say, like, here's why it's bad that the government borrows so much money. And, and they use some of these arguments I've talked about. You know, the, uh, the, you know, the interest is growing and eventually, like, you know, the, the interest is like we can't even afford the interest or like the interest becomes like a massive line item in the federal budget, like as big as like Medicare and social security, those will be like the three biggest. I think that's the main talking point they use. Like, like before we know it sometime in like the 2030s, like we're going to run into a situation where like social security and Medicare and, and the interest on the debt are going to be the three biggest expenses that we have as a country. Like to me, that doesn't sound good. That sounds like a really bad thing, but 
but to certain online accounts slash personalities slash people, there's this argument going around that none of this matters. And it's not of any import or, 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 or issue uh, that we have such a large debt and that we have this growing interest payment on it. So anyway, guys, I think I'm going to wrap it up here. I think it did turn into a semi-aimless rant. I think I made a couple points along the way. Hopefully it's something for you guys to think about when you say to yourself, like, what is this national debt thing, this debt ceiling? Like, what is this whole thing about? I think I would just encourage you to do your own research, like reading about the debt, reading about the deficit. You can go to treasury.gov. You can go to a lot of sites that will talk about it. I think most of them will talk about it in a not-so-flattering light. The Treasury one is a little more fact. I don't want to say factual. It's a little more neutral. It doesn't say good or bad. It just says, hey, we borrow money. We borrow money to pay for national priorities. We collect taxes to pay the interest on the debt. So they're just kind of stating these things matter-of-factly. Uh, but I would encourage you guys to kind of go to these things and take a look and make your own conclusions about the debt ceiling and why we go back and forth about it so much. And why don't they just remove the cap? Like, why don't they just say, why don't they just state the obvious to all of us, which is, hey, guys, we're over $31 trillion in debt. We're never going to pay any of it off. We always have to borrow in perpetuity uh, to infinity. And therefore, we don't need or shouldn't have a debt ceiling anymore so that we can remove this ridiculous debate that occurs every 12 to 36 months and is, is, is merely a matter of political positioning based on the majority and minority parties in, uh, in government. So with that, guys, uh, let me go ahead and sign off on this, uh, on this wonderful Saturday morning in late January and uh, leave it at that. So uh, in the meantime, guys, I uh, hope that uh, uh, this was of uh, some help or illumination of, of the issue if you weren't tracking it already or if it, or if it, or if it is something you're tracking that maybe you get the catharsis from it that I did. Uh, but anyway, in the meantime, guys, I really appreciate uh, all the support for the podcast and, and listening into it and checking out, hopefully, not just this episode, but some of the other ones. Uh, and we'll be back soon uh, with my next one, uh, hopefully. And um, yeah, thanks for listening, guys. Really appreciate it. Uh, have a great rest of the weekend. Bye-bye.